0: This podcast is meant to help people prepare, I think mentally, to prepare for um, the end times. And uh, my morning verses and reading scripture this morning actually led me to this. And um, there's been, I would say, um, over the past year that I've, I've really wanted to address this because I've seen different opinions about the end times and about the events that will happen and some people um well a lot of people draw their own conclusions and everyone has to so i think going through these verses are very important for people to read them for yourself and pray to god for the holy spirit to give you wisdom to give you understanding of the things that are mentioned in the bible and i'm going to attempt to cover matthew 24 and matthew 25 tonight and um, share with you things that I've learned along the way um, from other people who have studied the Bible and then things that I see within here as well. So starting out, it's Matthew 24. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. So after Jesus, uh, Jesus was crucified and died. Um, the whole the temple was destroyed. I believe that was seventy A.D. when that happened. Um, so when Jesus was talking about it, it was still present, but it was destroyed in seventy A.D. Getting back to Matthew twenty four, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So they're obviously asking about Jesus's return, his coming, and which has not happened yet, and the end of the age. So this is important. It's future prophecy for all of us who hear it. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am Messiah, and will deceive many. I've, I've seen some things in the news um, in the past growing up that there were people who claimed to be the Messiah, um, probably not to the extent that I am almost expecting in the future. I think there might be more of that. But um, for right now, he does say there are going to be more people coming in his name saying they are the Messiah. So you will, going back to scripture, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, we see that right now. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Well, we've had wars for a long time, and we go through periods of uh, peace and then of wars. So most people will say, well, that's been happening forever, and that's not significant right now. And that's true. It has been happening. Um, So there's other things that we have to look for also, though. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Now, of course, there have been famines and earthquakes in various places. Right now, they're talking about a global famine, which to me seems a little bit more of a heightened awareness of this, something that is affecting people globally, um, just like you know, then um, when we dealt with the um, the virus, COVID nineteen, that was something that was global. And I don't know when we had, I that was the first time I ever lived through anything that was global like that. And it says all, all these these are the beginning of birth pains. So um, there's a lot of symbolism to this, um, and and you will get back in Revelation, you will see like um, uh, about birth and birth pains, and even in the Old Testament where. Um, Israel or Jerusalem um, is often compared to a woman and a woman get in birth pains. So that's in the Old Testament and the New Testament in Revelation. Then going back to scripture, it says, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Well, many of Jesus's disciples and his apostles um, that were followers of him, they were um, martyred. They were all killed for their faith. And that's something to just really seriously think about. If Jesus, if all of this didn't happen, these people would not have been killed because they wouldn't have, I mean, who would die for something that didn't happen? And when you had, he had, Twelve or eleven, because one of them killed himself, the one who betrayed him, but his eleven remaining disciples, and they had a new one, um, Matthias, that was brought in after um, Judas had already gone away, um, so they did have twelve. but when you think about the the outcome of so many of them uh, who had who were martyred, who were killed for their belief, um, those people that many people would not all do the same. Uh, especially when they probably, you know, all happened at different times. They knew what somebody what happened to somebody else. If it wasn't the truth, and if what Jesus said wasn't truth, the chances of that happening is very slim. People would save their own lives. They wouldn't go to death for, some, for something that was a lie by someone. So that's something that also, to me, supports the truth about Jesus. Getting back to Scripture. At that time, many will turn away from faith and will betray and hate each other. We see division right now like that um, about faith, and, and that's always been in existence as well. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. I think, again, we're going to see more of that happening. Um, but, of course, there are false prophets. There uh, there are people who teach false Bible information. Um, There's, you know, teachers, popular teachers who are not speaking the truth. And that's another thing that I felt very important to what I'm doing is that I am going to speak the truth. And if I give an opinion, I will tell you it's an opinion. But anything that I say has scripture to back up. And the most important thing that you need to know about scripture is the context that it's in because often people will use verses that are in that are found in scripture but they use it to twist the truth because they don't use it contextually they don't use it how it's been used in the bible it's easy to take a verse out of context and have it mean something else mean something different and I see that happening to people today and that's something that I am not going to do. I am going to speak the truth. I want the truth. There is nothing there is nothing that will benefit me or you if we get lies to us. It doesn't mean that we're always going to like the truth. The truth is the truth. We it doesn't that's that's one of the most important things is that if you want to twist it to make it something that feels better for you or for me or whatever, what good is that going to do? It's going to be a lie and it will mean nothing. Don't you just really want the truth and want to know what is truth? That's certainly the way I feel like I'm not wasting my time looking at this or studying this to absorb lies. I just want the truth. So anyway, getting back to scripture. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. To talk about love, that's an entirely different topic. So I'm going to have to cut this really short because the love that's written about in the Bible is not what the world calls love. The world calls love or defines love through lust through how people feel and through emotions. And the Bible has a very different definition of love, but that could be an entirely different podcast. So I'm not going to go into the deep part of that, but there definitely is um, an avoidance of love, the love that's talked about in the Bible. Um, There's a coldness that the love in the Bible is not seen very often in the world right now. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Well, the gospel couldn't have, the, the ability to preach the gospel to the whole world as a testimony to nations really accelerated with the advancement of the internet and the ability and social media and everything that we have today, people can get the Word of God uh, easily in many in just everywhere. And But one thing I have noticed that um, many evangelical people, you know, make it their goal that they want to make sure that they get the gospel into everyone's hands. And, And of course, that's what Jesus did. He wants as many people to know about the gospel and he wants all the people who know about it to share that with others to save them. Um, truthfully, that's, you know, to bring them into God's kingdom. That's the whole purpose behind it. And it's out of love to let them know the truth so that they can make their decision and hopefully choose God, because he's not forcing that on anyone. But the thing is, in Revelation, when you read about that, there is going to be, and it says an angel, and I I, I just have to take it as a literal angel, um, or angels who will before the world is completely destroyed by God through his wrath, there will be angels that go out and preach the gospel to everyone. So it's in some sense, it's not necessarily that the people will have to make sure that the gospel goes to everyone, because before God destroys, he is going to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to know the opportunity to make a choice. And that's what I think is really, I mean, that shows the love of God. He's, he, because at that point, there's going to be so many people who had rejected him for so long, but before he finally destroys everything, he's still giving them that last opportunity to hear the gospel, to hear the the ability for them to be saved. And that's what I, I think that is so loving because you have someone who is is anger and wants to get rid of sin and yet at the same time he's giving a way out all the way until the end so getting back to scripture jesus is saying this so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken through the prophet daniel let the reader understand then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So, when I saw the, I, I've read this before. Um, so when you see standing in the holy place, I wanted to know what what is the holy place. And I actually did a post on on Instagram on my faith account. Um, that's at faith f s h um, is the account. Anyway, I wanted to study from the Bible. Well, what is the holy place? Could there be a lot of holy places? And my understanding, the way the Bible uses it in multiple times in multiple places is the holy place is just outside like there's the holy place, then there's a curtain that se- separates the most holy place that's written about in the Bible and that's where the covenant is and God's commands and his it's also symbolic of God's presence. Well, and God, maybe not symbolic, he's also there, um, but it is God's dwelling. So there's a curtain or a separation between mankind and God, and it's, it's physical through a temple the way it's built, but it's also symbolic because God has a dwelling and there's a curtain between mankind and God that separates. But when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was torn. That made it possible for people to be in the presence of God. And so that's symbolism, obviously, but it also has a physical element. So, anyway, the holy place is somewhere outside of that inner sanctuary in the temple. The inner sanctuary is where the dwelling place of god and then outside that is still the holy place but it's not the most holy place and so that was just something that i wanted to know like where is this person going to be standing and so i made a post about that today so then jesus says let no one on housetop on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house let no one in the field go back to get their cloak, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. So that when this happens, and this is something that is in our future, when we see someone stand or when we see standing in the holy place i don't know if it's someone or something but when there's something standing in the holy place the and it's what the bible calls the abomination that causes desolation um it that's a reference to daniel 927 in my study bible and then it it you know it says there's something that's, that we're going to see but when that happens when we know that happens there is going to be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. So then it says, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. So the elect was something else that I wanted to understand who that was. Um, and because there are two different definitions of, of people in this person that um, there's, you've probably heard, there's an antichrist figure. And that person is just the antichrist means basically against Christ. So the things that they teach are the things that they believe are the things that they spread to other people or tell other people or the message they give are things that are contrary to what the bible what Jesus told us. So they're antichrist, Jesus is the Messiah, so they're against the against the Messiah who is Jesus and promoting something very different than what Jesus told us through the bible. And so anyway, they there are people that are talked about and they're called the elect and they're also called holy people. So I did a study this morning to look at the difference from blueletterbible.org, which goes back to the original Greek and Hebrew. And I wanted to see what, if there was a difference between the holy people and the elect. And what I concluded was that the elect were the original people, the original people that God chose. And then, um, I mean I'm sorry the holy people the holy people were the original people that God chose and then the elect were the people who became saved over time so the elect do include the ones way back in the test the old testament but they also include the ones today that was my own personal conclusion so you can do your own research on that but I'm just it was something that was important to me because I wanted to know the elect. Does this mean the the people in Jerusalem or does this mean all the people, all the Christians who their days will be shortened? So it means like all the Christians, all those who believe in Jesus, those days will be shortened for the people who believe in Jesus. So that's a good thing and we'll get back to that more as I talk. at um, At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So this is something that all Christians need to know. And I'm just going to refer to, um, I guess, Messianic Jews and Christians, who are, the people who believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And that's that's who the elect are, and there are going to be false messiahs and false prophets that are going to be doing possibly miracles. It says great signs and wonders to deceive, and and they're going to be so good that they're going to convince Christians that they are, you know, they are the Messiah or something like that. Because it says false messiahs. So this is something that is in our future. And um, I think we all probably think, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fooled about that. But unless you know the Bible, what's in the Bible, you very well could be fooled. Because, I mean, one thing that I've paid attention to in the Bible, too, is the way that Jesus returns. Jesus isn't going to be like some human that is on the earth again that all of a sudden it's discovered that he's the Messiah. I mean, it it tells us through the Bible that the same way that Jesus left and he ascended into the clouds, he's coming back on the clouds. So, and everybody's supposed to be able to see him. I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, is it going to be through TV, through social media, through cameras? I I don't know how that's happening, but it says in the Bible that everybody's going to see him and he's going to be coming in the clouds so that's going to be pretty miraculous in itself to see someone coming in the clouds but that's a good way to know that the difference between the real and the false messiah is that Jesus comes in the clouds so that's one one point it's also probably very important to know his character um, to be able to, to to distinguish between these especially when he says that it's possible to fool the even the elect So it's going to be pretty believable. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. So when they talk about, like, here he is in the inner rooms, I wonder if that is going to be the new temple, the the future temple that's talked about in Ezekiel, if that gets built, and then they say that, you know, the Messiah is in there. Um, Just a question, I wonder, reading this. Then it gets back to scripture for as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the son of man. Wherever there is a carcass there, the vultures will gather. So again, we will see this is even Jesus says this, you know, just like lightning, you can see across the sky, you're going to see the coming of Jesus in the clouds. So you're going to see that, um, so there's going to be this this um, something, person, or thing that's going to cause an abomination of desolation. And then this is the sequence of events that Jesus is talking about. So this person is going to be present. And then um, there's going to be extremely tough times, tough, you know, worse than the beginning of time and worse than had ever happened before. After This person is known. So we're all going to know that's happening. And then it says immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn When they see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heavens to the other. This is something important to me because I believe this is where the rapture occurs There are differences in opinions about that, but I want to prepare people for the possibility, as it states in the Bible, as Jesus gave the the order of the events to us, that at this point, this is when Jesus is gathering his elect. Those are his followers from the four winds. That's the northeast, southwest, and from one end of heaven to the other. All the people that are his people will be gathered at that point. But what this tells me in Matthew 24 is that we are going to see this antichrist person, this abomination person, and there's going to be really distressful times. I mean, very distressful times. And then the sky is going to be darkened. We're going to see darkness. And then is when Jesus is going to come. And this is really interesting too to me personally. And and I can't, I mean just check out in this podcast um my rapture dream that I had the first rapture dream and the second rapture dream in comparison to this verse. That's all I'm going to say. It was a dream, you know, obviously, but just check it out and it's weird when you see the comparison about this. But getting back to scripture. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the drawer. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And this is something that um, when Jesus talks about this generation i 've heard this from other people who have studied Bible prophecy, and I agree with them um that they he wasn 't talking about the the generation of the people, the disciples, because all those things didn 't happen he didn't come back right at that time when those those people were living they certainly expected. You know, many of them expected that he was going to be coming soon. They didn't know when he was coming soon. But this generation could refer to the generation that sees all these things. The ones who start seeing these things happen will be the generation that sees all of it happen. And I agree with that um, understanding of the Bible. I think that's probably what is going to happen. So all of these events that are talked about will happen. And I'm going to, I'm only in Matthew 24 and I'm not even finished, but there's much more important information, but I'm going to start another podcast to go over that because I will talk more about the day and the hour unknown. That's where I'm going to start with the next podcast. But like I said, look at this for yourself. It's It appears to me that there's going to be these signs in the earth about this event coming there's going to be something notable that's what I'm kind of looking for next is something that is considered the abomination of desolation and that's going to be in Jerusalem and it's my understanding that it's probably going to be like on the temple mount there may be a future temple I don't know if that's going to happen Um, it sounds like it almost has to be but we'll just have to wait and see but that's kind of what my expectation is. So it's, you know, pay attention to what's happening in the Middle East. We do have some years ahead of us, if my interpretation is right, because all of these things are not present right now. So there's time to prepare. But I do feel like um, there's a lot of things that are happening now that line up with Bible prophecy and that it's important to get prepared right now. And that's why I'm doing podcasts like this. So um, the next one, I will continue where I left off. Thank you.